The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Today, I've got a friend of mine with me, Ralph Bencourt, who's the CEO and president of First County Bank. Ralph, thanks for being here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Ralph, a uh, big fan of you and uh, the work you do, outstanding bank, and uh, you guys have done a lot of great work for our Central Florida. And the first question I have for you is, from your perspective, how is the real estate market doing today? Yeah. Well, you know, with our bank, we're lending into all different areas of real estate, so we get to see what's happening. And uh, I think really to answer that question, we have to kind of break it out into a couple different areas of what is, what's happening. And, um, you know, when we look at that, I think if you look at just Central Florida, and you know this, that typically we have always kind of outperformed the rest of the nation. You know, we're very blessed with um, just constant population growth that just fuels the expansion of our market, and that's uh, helped. And that continues today. So when we read a lot in the papers about maybe things are slowing down, things are, I think, are still doing very well here. Mm -hmm. Now, certainly the rise in interest rates have impacted commercial real estate. And, you know, as you know, um, real estate investors are much more sensitive to, to the interest rates. They have to, um, you know, make certain returns on their investment. So that area has certainly slowed down. And, you know, with that slowdown, um, we're feeling it, you know, at the bank. And then on the other side, though, uh, owner-occupied real estate is doing very well. And if you looked at our pipeline today, you would see that probably 90% of our deals are owner-occupied real estate, mm. where in the past, it was about 50-50. And I think the biggest reason for that is business owners, they're not as rate sensitive as a real estate investor. So I think our economy here in Central Florida is doing very well. And businesses are doing well. And we're always asking our clients, how's business? And everyone seems to be doing well right now. So if there's a business and they're growing and they need more space, whether it's to lease it or to buy, you know, they are, uh, they're just going to do what they need to do to get that space. And if we say, here's the interest rate, you know, they're going to have to move forward because they need it for their business versus a real estate investor may say, I've got a, I've got a, relook at that or I need to be more selective on what I'm buying um, just to make sure that we get the right return for our investors. That's really interesting, Ralph. You know, it's funny is that I always joke about some people take one data point and then they extrapolate like that's everything. And so mm -hmm. back when the, uh, when people were talking retail apocalypse, I remember right. talking to a reporter and I said, well, let me just ask you, like you're saying retail apocalypse, are, are you talking about uh, drugstores? He was like, no. And I'm like, little unanchored strips? No. Well, public anchored centers? No. And I kept going on, on, on. And I'm like, okay, you're talking about malls. Mm -hmm. Like you're talking about one segment of retail, right. not the entire thing, right? Right. And so I think sometimes when people say, oh my gosh, the real estate market's doing you know, poorly or whatever, there are aspects of it. And so what I heard you say was partly it's geographical, right? So Central Florida is not, you know, San Francisco or Chicago. Right. And then the second part, even if you have a slowdown in investor in real estate, 
doesn't mean real estate itself slowed down because you're saying that tenants are all paying the rents, right? Mm-hmm. That That's what I hear you saying. It's like yeah. corporations are still moving forward. So while there may have been a slowdown in investment real estate, uh, the tenants themselves are paying rent and there's still good things happening. So it doesn't mean there's not trouble in some geographic or some parts of the market, but the greater story remains positive. Did, did I get that right, Ralph? Yeah, no, that's exactly. And that's just me listening to you. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah, I killed right. something genius. I'm right. just saying, yeah. Ralph, you said this and it sounds smart and, and it is, it's good. Yeah. I think the other thing too is just the access to financing that is also impacting the real estate market. So there's really two segments of that. One is if you look at long-term financing that's provided by like life companies, non-recourse, that is still um, very accessible. And those rates are still very favorable, like in the six and a half percent range. Mm -hmm. But for bank financing, of course, those rates are more in the sevens. I hear a lot of banks saying, you know, their rates are now starting with an eight. And, um, but, uh, but what's happening is specifically construction financing is becoming more and more difficult for, uh, investors to, to obtain. And I think a lot of that is just coming from, um, banks being selective on what they're financing and also managing what their exposure is on construction. And as you know, banks are, you know, very highly regulated. And one of the regulations that we have to follow is that it says we cannot lend more than 100% of our capital in construction, land, and development loans mm. just to, to manage the risk. And a lot of banks are getting full on that. So what happens is client comes, says, I need construction financing. They may pass on it, or they may say, I need to keep my powder dry for a better client, um, which you know, it's a difficult conversation, but what happens then is more banks are passing on the construction and it's trying to find what banks are doing those type of deals. That's really interesting, Ralph. I, uh, I have a deal I'm working on right now. That's a development. And I was thinking this morning that it might be best for me to partner with another developer on it for right reasons. And Mm -hmm. so I was, this morning was in a meeting with an engineer and I said, man, I'm having trouble. This is so odd. I'm like, but who's a good retail developer you think I could partner with? And he's like, man, John, a lot of them aren't around. Like, I mean, just because of what happened in the last few years. And I was like, gosh, that's, that's interesting. That's not to say there's not good developers out there, but it is a weird time in that market. While, Mm -hmm. while the ownership side is still strong, development is still had some issues. Yeah. Yeah, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think the other thing too, is that, uh, banks, especially since March when we had a couple of bank failures, banks are being very careful about managing their liquidity. Mm. And I know there are some banks that have just said, we're not lending at all right now, or they've told their lenders just go out and find deposits. Um, And I think a lot of banks are concerned about their liquidity. Um, You know, in March, just from March 13th to March 31st, those two weeks after the failure of of Silicon and the other Mm -hmm. banks, Mm Mm-hmm almost a billion dollars left the banking industry and they went wow. to, into treasuries and uh, investment banking firms are offering, you know, um, good rates, but also that was kind of a, a shift to safety first. And then depositors continue to move money out of banks for, for higher yield. Yeah. And the yields, you know, were there at, at uh, again, the treasuries and uh, investment banking firms offering really high uh, interest rate money markets. So because of that, um, 
banks are going to be more selective on on their lending just to to protect their liquidity. You know, one of my jokes about um, banking industry as a whole, it's like when you don't need them, they've got plenty to do for you. <laughs> right. When you need them, they, right. they're they're a little bit harder to deal with. But yeah. but you know, there's a lot of people learn from past mistakes, and so trying to be discerning. A discerning bank is good for everybody. Right. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're going to go to a break in just a second, but any other kind of final big picture thoughts you think people need to think about that relates to the real estate market in today's world from your your worldview? Well, I just think that um, as we look into 2024, I think the Fed's going to continue to keep rates high just to fight inflation. And I think the the further impact to real estate financing is that um, rates are going to continue not only to be high, but I think we're going to see higher rates from banks only because the current rate environment is just not sustainable. You've seen bank rates on deposits having to go from nearly zero to four or five percent. And now uh, lending really has not gone beyond seven percent, seven and a half, eight percent, but that margin is not sustainable. So either we're going to have to start to see rates come down and deposit rates come down or banks are just going to have to increase the rates on their on their loans. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, but, but excuse ahead, me, but but again, uh, I think that the life companies they're in a different world. So I think that the return that they're looking for on those loans is different, and therefore I think those rates may continue to be uh, favorable. I uh, my best advice to wrap as a segment is like have a great relationship with your banker. Yeah, right. I mean, let's keep, keep talking. I mean. The communication is all that's key. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back. We're going to ask you a little bit more about leadership. We'll hear about more leadership. Okay. All right, this has been the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Once again, here's John Crossman. We are back. This is John Crossman with Ralph Benecourt, who's the president and CEO of First Colony Bank. Uh, thanks again for being here. And Ralph, you know, one of the things I've uh, admired about you is just you as a leader. Just, um, you know, I, I'm in a CEO group with you and how you handle yourself. I've seen your thought process. It really impresses me. And one of the things we like to do in the show, because some of our listeners are college students who are majoring in business and, and young executives, is getting your insight on what do you see as the most important traits of CEOs and presidents. So, what is your advice to a young person who's like ramping up their career and you're like, Hey, you need to think about the following things to be successful. What, what is that to you? Yeah. So I think the first thing is just 
maintaining a, a demand for excellence. Mm. Um, and I do that by just leading by example. I hold myself accountable with a high level, um, and I expect others to do the same. So if they see that in me, I, I hope that that encourages them to be the same. And then to let them know these are my expectations for uh, for the you know for what they need to do to achieve the results that we're we're striving for, and uh, if you just keep doing that, it's amazing how that 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 just filters down throughout the whole organization. I think that's uh, I I've used the expression the shadow of the leader, right? And so that right. that's kind of what you're doing. You know, when you're in, you and I are CEO group, one of the things I'm always trying to do is that we somebody else always brings in you know snacks and stuff, but I'm always trying to be mindful. Are there enough napkins? Like I'm trying to think that through, trying to be a good host. And I see the same in you and like, like you do a good job. You're listening to other leaders and kind of jumping in and, and being that guy. So yeah, no, that's a great point. What, what else do you think is important? Yeah. I think a good CEO just needs to continue to, to strive to learn. Mm. Um, just keep reading and be humble enough to be open for other suggestions and to learn from others because that's the only way that you're going to be able to continue to improve. And, um, I'm just always reading and then sharing what I learn from what I've read to, with others within my management team and filter that throughout the, you know, throughout the bank. You know, what's so funny is that um, when I was in my 40s, one of the things that hit me is like, I was embarrassed to what I learned in my 40s. Like, how did I not know this earlier? <laughs> yeah, right. And now I'm 52 and I'm like, man, I'm still learning a lot. That's part of it. And then the guy that leads art, you're, you want to have the same CEO coach, he's 79 and he was schooling me up. I don't know about you, about chat GBT, right? And it's like, man, look at this guy. You know, like he's getting on us and, and challenging us. But I think sometimes younger people might think that there's a stopping point to learning. And you're saying, nope, you got to keep going the whole time. Yeah, got exactly. Yeah. All right, what, what else? Um, well, I already mentioned just being humble, but uh, I've worked for some arrogant leaders <laughs> and, uh, and humble leaders. And I've learned a lot from those that lead with humility and just... Uh, um, they're not all about themselves, but, you know, helping others and, and being uh, a leader that is just um, trying to strive to do what's best for the company and for the employees and um, and lead that way. You know, it's funny, Ralph, because isn't there an interesting dynamic of the, the balance between humility and confidence, right? Sure. And so like, right. like when I'm doing a deal with you, um, and I say, Ralph, can we get this done? I want you to say like, John, we got this, right? I want your confidence that you got it. Um, but then I also measured humility about, Hey, we need to think about this and think about that. So mm -hmm. you can be both correct. You can be confident and humble. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I you think know, they, come, they go hand in hand. They can go together. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, look, if we're in the Super Bowl, like, Hey, we're gonna throw the ball to you. And you're like, I don't know if I can do that. And they're like, no, 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 no get like, it to me. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> or if you're having heart surgery, you don't want to, well, I don't know if I can, you're like, I'll do my best. No, no, yeah. no, we got it. And, and, we need that use as a banker and have a spirit of like learning and things. So it's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Anything else on your list? Um, well, two other things. One is just, um, just being always reliable. Mm. You know, I think everyone is always looking at the CEO of a company. What is he doing? How is he working? And if that CEO is just always reliable and always there and, um, it's going to do what he says he's going to do. Um, uh, you know, that just goes a long way with, uh, everyone else saying, I want to work for this guy. I want to work harder for him. And that uh, goes a long way. And then the last thing, which I think is just goes down to what life is all about. And that's just being genuinely compassionate for others. Mm. And um, I just think it, from a CEO level, just to 
be there for your staff um, to uh, be genuinely concerned about their well-being. There's always issues that come up, whether it's deaths in families or health issues or even little things. Um, I've got this little voice in my head sometimes that just says, Ralph, stop what you're doing right now and just spend a few more minutes with this this person um, and uh, show your concern. And, and uh, sometimes with people that are more comfortable about it, we'll say, do you want to pray about it? Right. And we'll just go in my office and pray about it. Right. And right. Uh, people just appreciate that. Well, it's a, it, and it doesn't have to be a huge thing, but it's a small level of humanity, mm-hmm. right? And you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, everybody wants to be seen and everyone wants to be heard, mm-hmm. right? And so that's an important aspect to it. Um, I love that you said that, and I and I, I know that's a part of you as a person, and I think that it creates a more healthier, happier work environment. And there's boundaries, right? You don't want to like go into all kind of crazy stuff, but uh, when people are suffering, just being simply aware of that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. You know, let me talk just a little bit about uh, reliable. Uh, when it, when you said that to me, one of the things that jumped in my mind was like simply returning emails, right? Like somebody that mm-hmm. I, I started this practice years ago, but like on Thanksgiving morning sometimes Christmas morning, I would sit and reflect who are people who've really helped me and been impactful. And I would just like, you know, cause my kids would be sleeping in or whatever. And I just sit down and send an email and just say, Hey, I'm just taking this time and thanks to reflect. And Ralph, I appreciate you as, you know, my banker, you know, whatever. And so I cannot believe how many times I would do it and I would get an immediate response. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I think a lot of young people don't get that, that they think, really, you, you send an email Thanksgiving morning and like to a CEO and they replied to it. I'm like, yeah. And you know, like in a lot of ways, if they're an employee where they have a job instead of a profession, like, yeah, you'll get an email back after the holidays, but man, CEOs, Mm -hmm. presidents, right. They work and they they reply. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, no, exactly. That's, that goes a long way. Yeah. Sometimes even just shining a little note on a, on a card, right. Sending that to someone just, uh, yeah, really is impactful. It's, it's a touch point. And, you know, and it's also, I think, true in like the big things and little things. And like, you know, I've noticed that sometimes if I'm on a board, like the, the CEOs that take that board seriously and they're actively involved, they're also like successful CEOs, right? Like, you know, people who I had somebody one time say, well, you can't fire volunteers. I'm like, oh, yes, you can. Right. If they're not getting it done. And some people that are like just checking a box, they're on a board because they just want their name out there. That doesn't go well. But when I, I always think about like a guy like Kim Lopdrop, like the guy was running Red Lobster and then he's like crushing it with Boys and Girls Club. Like, you know, he's doing both equally well. And that's one of the reasons why I've always admired him so much as a CEO, because he's doing that. And uh, I think you can just tell if somebody's phoning in or they're taking it seriously. Is that is that correct? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think um, you can see when someone is really passionate about something, they're just going to put that much more effort uh you know, into doing that. And sometimes uh, they might be in a position that isn't really what they want to be doing or should be doing. And, you know, change has to be made. Yeah. 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 I always tell young people when you uh, walk in somebody's office or you, if they're in a cubicle, it's like, just pay attention, like what's on their desk and what's going on around there. And, uh, you know, Mike and I have a coworker that if you go by her area, uh, she's got some Hawaiian stuff, right? And so I asked her, like, they're like, oh, I like something. They're like, well, she's from Hawaii. And then when that terrible fire happened, you know, I stopped by and saw her. And it's like, I'm so sorry. I'm just, you know, thinking about you. And it's like, it's little, but it takes awareness and compassion. Like, hey, you know, like she, that she clearly is more impacted at that than I am. And then just having that level of empathy and compassion. That's right. It's good stuff. Yep. So, um, 
uh, a demand for excellence of yourself, uh, a lifelong learning kind of worldview, uh, humility, you know, and that's thinking of others, reliability, and people know they can count on you, like, you know, if Ralph says he's in, he's in, yep. and then uh, then compassionate. Right. Those are your, your top ones. Exactly. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Well, um, I think you're all those things, Ralph. So I think you're doing all those things. Uh, so thank you for being a leader in a community, and uh, thanks for being here on the show. I really appreciate you being here. No, thank you, John. Enjoyed it. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break and be back with our final segment. Crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. As the largest property tax practice in North America, Ryan's Professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan, and I hope you will too. Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, we're back here with Mike Gillen, my producer and my boss. Yeah, I'm not your boss. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, uh, Ralph Betancourt. Um, hey, yeah, that was fun. President and CEO, yeah. First Colony Bank. So here's the thing. Um, he's super sharp. Like, I mean, clearly, like, you, you can't be a bank CEO without having very high intellect. I mean, right. I, you know, people probably don't always know, like, again, when he, he, he mildly referenced regulations, like, you, you don't run a bank, right? You're going to jail, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> like you, There's you, a lot this, to do. Yeah. I mean, so let's start with that. I mean, that's, that's implied. And then, and, and by the way, in the first segment, you know, when you, when you're just hearing him talk about the market, that was a very nuanced, uh, well-informed, you know, again, like lots of information, you know, point. And then you balance that on the back end, you know, when he's talking about leadership, um, all that kind of came out was like, you know, that, the compassion, the reliability, the humility, there's a very humanness to him, mm-hmm. right? So I just enjoyed the the balance of him, super smart, academic, that with a, uh, I feel like I gave him a hug, you know, what I mean? like, like <laughs> yeah, you know, right. I mean, you get a sense that like, you know, if you were working at that bank and you were, you know, mopping the floor and you walked by and you know you had kind of body language, he he would he would be stopping and saying, hey, are you, are you okay? I agree. That matters, right? It really does matter. And, you know, sometimes when you're talking to somebody that's in authority and you talk with them and you almost get a feeling that they are, if I could uh, coin this phrase, overly optimistic maybe about mm-hmm. things. I liked what Ralph was saying about, you know, the the reality of business in this day. Interest rates are high. It's making an impact. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that it's the end of the world for all business, but you do have to take that into consideration. Well, yeah, it's a, you got to tweak and you got to pivot, right? And that's why, again, you have to have close relationships. Like, look, I mean, I always tell people, like, you got to get trained in physical and talk to your doctor, right? You got to do that. You need it to have a good accountant. You're not going to turn. You have to get a good bankers. Right. You, you don't 
look, you don't want your first time talking to your doctor being that you're in a medical crisis. You don't want to be the first time talking to a banker because you're having a financial crisis, mm-hmm. right? You want to be in that relationship. And also because he, he can help you kind of look around the corner, right? If he's saying like what he's talking about on the construction side and where banks are at, it's like, okay, well, that's good to know. And what are your best options for getting a loan mm-hmm. and listening is a, a big part of that. It so, really is. Right. And his comment too, about how that all that money was uh, kind of lost out of right. the banking industry yeah. because of the the collapse of this one bank out in California. But that is kind of a symptomatic problem where if you go down a, a trail and other people are going down that trail, you can end up in these disastrous things. Look, I keep all my money underneath my mattress in my house. It's fine. It's <laughs> there fine. you go. Yeah, it's totally good. Completely <laughs> safe. <laughs> Completely safe. Right. Well, I mean, that goes back to like the extreme of things, right? Like, uh, and you want to be really intentional, but you also need to be uh, thoughtful, right? right? And I think about, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel confident in a lot of things in our society at the same time, being thoughtful about like, what bank are you with? Why, why is your money there? You know, what steps are they taking? Cause clearly, man, some banks are taking risk. I wouldn't take right. You know, some, some companies are taking risk, you know, that's right. Uh, we've seen companies in this last year do marketing campaigns. And you're like, what is going on? Like, why would you make that business decision? Mm-hmm. And it's hurt them bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas other companies you're like, man, those guys are doing it right. And so you need to look at your banks in the same way, you know, well, like be thoughtful. I tell you, it's so um, true that uh, I would have a great confidence in talking to somebody like Ralph, who is also human and he is aware of other human needs, uh, that he would take the time when he gets an impression in his heart to spend a little bit more time talking to somebody. That's very touching to me. Well, you know, when he made that comment about praying with them, if they were open to that, like, it's funny because I was, when he said that, I was like, gosh, you know, I, I pray for people and I have employees on my heart. I don't always lean into that because I don't I don't want to offend him or mm-hmm. anything. But I just like how he context that. He like, did. Like it was he, great. Yeah, he wasn't pushy. He was like, he's like, hey, I'm feeling this and I'm going to say it. So anyway, all right. Well, we got to wrap up. Um, Mike, thanks again always for being here with me. It's always a joy, it. my friend. I appreciate it. Until next time, this has been the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. This has been the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.